All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a potty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Shesko. And then there were 11. 11 matches left to be played in the Premier League season as we record. I thought you were going to say two. Hmm. And then there was two, because at this point, that's all the, there's only two teams playing for anything at this point, really. What a wonderful thing to say that I plan to refute later in this podcast. Hmm. I don't even know if I want to do much of this. I might just <laughs> sit back and let you guys, and as, Brian, I, as I say in the open, pour myself a bourbon and just let this thing roll. You let's, and I get, never, let's go straight to it. You and I have never done a podcast together before. No, that's true. This might be this got all right, Brian all right. Sip on that thing right, and, and take we, a listen. Before we get to it, Brian, let yeah. me just set it up a little bit. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We are recording on Sunday night. There's one match left to be played in game week 37, but we're going to discuss the first nine that were played. We're going to go through all the things you've come to know and love about our podcast. We have a, uh, a thorough review of the Dream Team and what it means for you before we head into the last week of the season. I've got four players that I'm going to give honorable mention to as well. Uh, players that intrigue me as we head into game week 38. We have a manager quote of the week. We've got a Scott side of the day. Dave's going to provide us with an Arsenal moment that will, I'm sure, prove to be very emotional. The Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week award is going out. We're going to say goodbye to another club, the third and final club to be relegated from the Premier League. That's Cardiff City. And then we've got a thorough game week 38 re- a preview for you because you might be trying to win a mini league out there. We have Four things that we think will help you with Game Week 38. All right, Brian, that's all I needed to say. I'm ready if you are. Let's get on to it. We'll to start with the, to what we're doing. I apologize. Your <laughs> pause was very misleading. Yeah, sorry. Let's get on to it. Let's start with the Game Week 37 Dream Team and the goalkeeper that we all predicted would make it. That would be one Jonas Lursel from 20th place Huddersfield with nine points. How is that possible? Uh, I don't know. I'll tell you how it's possible. Huddersfield won. Manchester United won. How did Matt, that's how that's possible? How did Matt Ryan not get this? Well, award. I guess when you're when you earn an assist as a goalkeeper, you get the tiebreaker. I guess. Yeah, but yeah. So obviously, Lursel gave up a goal. Still got nine points because it was his goal kick uh, that led to the one Terriers goal in their match. Uh, this is about as much. This is as much about United. Almost being as beachy as you can possibly get, especially among the top six clubs, and Huddersfield being able to take advantage of it in one moment. What possible confidence can you have in anyone 
for Manchester United for the final week of the season? I'm going to go further. None is the answer to your question you asked. And the answer to the question you didn't ask is, it's going to be hard for me, depending on what they do in the summer, going into game week one of the next season. Well, I, I think by then a lot of things probably will have changed. But you know what I mean? People... Yeah, but even then they're going to be a club with a ton of changes. You don't love clubs with a ton of changes going into mm, game week yeah. one of a new season. I get it. That's fair. That's a good point. And if it... they don't have a ton of changes, we're not going to like them in game week one of the upcoming new season. Well, let's wait till I, a I... summer show to talk about that, Scott. We're I... jumping a little all bit right, ahead. All right. I know that we were talking about Jonas Lursel here, but it is a perfect example. You're exactly right, Scott, that this could not highlight the the final humiliation of Manchester United That's more. Right. That's exactly than right. Lursel being the There's no doubt. goalkeeper of the team of the week. And, and specifically about about United, Marcus Rashford has gone from I said, you know, when they were in their hot streak that he was a no brainer, like he would be in my week one team without question. And now yeah, I agree. Well, how many I'm people, really curious to see what that looks people, like. How many really, really, you know, the top pundits out there brought in multiple United guys, Lots. or at least one. Everyone probably, maybe not everyone, many people probably brought in at least one United player for the last two weeks, Huddersfield and Cardiff. Yep. Yeah. That was the whole point here was getting to play against the likes of Jonas Lursel and it, what? It failed spectacularly because they because they failed spectacularly. There was one Red Devil who made the dream team. That was Scott McTominay, of course, of all of the guys that we've been talking about all season long. The one who would make it here is Scott McTominay. The only Manchester United player who seems to give. <laughs> well, Shaw. What about Shaw? Yeah. Shaw was giving maybe yeah, one look, or two. We can, we can talk more about this in a little bit. But anyway, but we might not want to by then. No. Let's move up to the defense. We had five defenders make the dream team. A very defensive heavy game week. We'll start with the highest scoring among the five, and that's David Luiz from Chelsea. Yeah, he had a good game. That David Luiz usually gets two or three, four or five goals a season, and he sure enough he picked off another one. Um, he had an assist, I think. I think one of the funniest things for especially for Chelsea fans going into this match when they saw the the team sheet uh one of the most common at least on twitter one of the most common reactions to the team sheet was okay when are you releasing the real team sheet <laughs> i saw that this is hilarious all right when's the real one coming out and it was not david louise's fault it was mostly because i think chelsea fans wanted to see not marcus alonso yep. out there but this is another example, though, of a match we discussed in our last pod about how Marcus Alonso got six points for accidentally earning himself a clean sheet along with the rest of the Chelsea defense. The only guy in the entire universe, Marcus Alonso, who was actively trying to pick a fight with someone like Will Hughes. Good job, <laughs> you idiot. Well, David Louise, you look at his last five, even his last six, it's so, it's so inconsistent along with the rest of the Chelsea defense and the rest of the Chelsea club. That you you would have to say if you if you earned his fifteen points here, it's because you decided you were just gonna have him in there all season long, no matter what, and run with whatever you got. Hey Scott, get you know where he is in overall? He's got one hundred fifty eight points. He is fourth. I was yeah. gonna say he's, he's tied for top fourth five. with yeah. Digne, <laughs> which is not his That's name. And you know that, yes. Well, let's um, let's speak about. Or you have more about Chelsea? Only just to say that he's lucky to end with fifteen. Watford was hammering on them yes they were or at the, least the, the first, first half, half most of the first half yes i mean they are really really lucky to not 
to not have uh, a goal scored on them here. And yet the final score was Chelsea 3, Watford 0. Yep. And that is probably, I think actually it is certain to be enough now to give Chelsea a top four spot. But no sooner than Arsenal fell flat in their face today, Chelsea secured the top four spot. And to the delight of all, Mauricio Sarri will probably remain a Chelsea manager for at least part of another season. That's good. Let's move on to Bournemouth. Uh, Nathan Ake with 14 fantasy points. Had to be one of the most benched people. He had to be. If you had him, if you owned why him. would you play yeah. him? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, at home, but against Spurs. A Spurs who needed a result here, you would think. Yep. And here's Nathan Ake, 14 points. And uh, I guess while we're on the topic, if you guys wanted to go ahead and speak about Sun here, I mean, obviously a big part of why Nathan Ake was able to earn 14 fantasy points in this match was the fact that Spurs were down to nine men for a healthy chunk of this match. Uh, in you know, one of the two red cards going to... Most FPL favorites. Yeah. Son. Uh, one of the dudes in the top. Geez, he's definitely in the top 100. I want to say it's a guy that's in the top 20 in the world overall. Captain Son. Amazing. This week. And and, I, and why not? That's why painful. not? I, I couldn't. You, this, this has never happened There was before. no argument against him this week when you say this has never happened before i think what you mean is something like With son a son has like never son. gotten a straight red before he's never i've never seen the kind of temper from him before yeah well i i i think for sure um you already knew that adam smith from bournemouth is annoying lerma oh for sure is, is another right up there, man. Well, and in, in, in Lerma, as Sun was getting up after he was just in this chippy exchange, yeah, where where, where no one had control of the ball and guys are really getting physical, and Sun was had fallen over, was starting to get up, and Lerma's going by him, kind of gives him a thigh little hip a little action. Stomp down, yeah, too. he was shiver. He was kicking a little bit at Sun's to, at Sun's hands to when knock he had the ball. Sun kind of off balance as he was trying yeah. to get up. So you know, he he took offense to that. And he took it too far. But we've talked about how there are right and wrong ways to instigate something. And Jefferson Lerma picked the absolute best way possible to do it. Because I actually missed it. The first time I was watching it, yeah. I missed Lerma's action and, and only saw Sun's reaction. Yeah. I mean, you had to know something. Like, something happened to make Sun go bananas. For right? sure. That's why I had to. I right. went back I mean, and I was like, okay, what just As a referee, happened? you have to be wondering, okay, what, what in the heck just hit? Take yep. sun off. I I mean, all of a sudden the sun was eclipsed. Okay, <laughs> and he lost all sense of yeah thought, great and mind. What else? And body control. What else did did the sun do? <laughs> all of this led to Nathan Ake's a solar flare. If only it worked <laughs> with sun in there somehow. I'm trying. I'm trying to move on from this. <laughs> oh, okay. All this contributed to Nathan Ake's goal. Bournemouth one, Spurs nil. Uh, we'll talk about what this means for Spurs a little bit later when we discuss game week 38. I want to move on to another result, one that I take pride in partially predicting. Everton 2, Burnley 0. Yeah, man. Uh, I did not captain Luca Dina like I said you could at the end of last week's podcast. Why not? <laughs> but had I, <laughs> but had I, I would have been very happy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Dina uh, earned... Uh, clean sheet points here in this match. I'm actually taking this uh, to look it up here. Meow. <laughs> Dina put in 12, but he did not make the dream team. Seamus Coleman with his 14 did. I would rather see him on the dream team than Ryan Fredericks. I'll tell you that. Um, no, 
this is going to be this will end uh, the end of my season i will carry my regret of not owning either seamus or gilfy sigurdsson uh that will carry i will carry that regret through the end of the season uh Dina was easy to sell whenever he got that red card months and months ago, but to never, never have to never have get to get him back again was um, obviously a mistake here. And Seamus, though, here she- recently Sheamus has been amazing. Twenty eight has been amazing. It's is eleven six eight eleven six one seven six fourteen. I'm not yeah. kidding. That's yeah. ridiculous. There's one zero in there where he didn't play. Sure, against Newcastle, but everything else was. And I just I don't understand. Pickford's the same. I I don't understand. I I obviously have no idea, and most who listen to this would admit to that. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But this couldn't be more true. I do know what I'm talking about when I say that I couldn't have been more wrong in never owning a Everton defender and or goalkeeper. You never even had Dina this season? Early on. No, no, no. Early on I did. But I'm talking about in the last. So, like, every after the first three or Weeks, I get, you know, Ryan. I mean, what what's the rule we say, right? Three weeks in a row of action and or inaction means you probably should go pick them up or let them go. And how many weeks did Everton's defense keep producing? Seamus Coleman had a foot problem in week twenty five, something yeah, and like he that, because he, missed two he games had missed right. right he missed back to back matches against Manchester City and Watford, matches you probably wouldn't have wanted him for anyway. And then, yeah, I guess, you know, they played Cardiff, you know, week 28. You look at that and say, yeah, of course, that's a good matchup. And then, but after that, you say, I don't want any part of them home to Liverpool. And we talked about the schedule kind of alternating between, you know, again, color-coded matchups, alternating from green to red most of the end of this season. They've skated through all of them. The only match that the blip on the radar is at Fulham, which doesn't even make sense. You're right. It was Fulham. They lost 2-0. I mean, the way they have just dominated here defensively is ridiculous. And again, I will be happy to say how wrong I was uh, about them being past past their usefulness. The fact that I've owned Lucadinia for as far back in the season as I remember is probably why you guys have not owned an Everton defender because typically what I have done this season, no one else would want to do. Instead, this is the one thing I'll claim to have gotten right. I see your Everton ridiculousness, and I raise you West Ham frustration. West Ham 3, Southampton nil. When I saw this result and I saw the the highlights of this match because I didn't take the time to watch it live, all I felt was frustration at saying, really, West Ham? You're going to go ahead and do this? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me, but I bring it up because you mentioned Ryan Fredericks. He also had 14 fantasy points thanks to his goal scored in this match. In, right. a, in a segment we like to call, I will now breathe out through my nose as long as I have breath just to emphasize the point. Right. I'm not going to actually do that, but I think it would be... That would make for an intriguing podcast. <laughs> Listen, by the way, in, in one of Klopp's... Klopp did the biggest nose breathe into the microphone, like, exhale mm-hmm. in his in his post-match today, which was pretty funny Great. to me. So interesting. Nothing else really to say here. Uh, I do plan to bring up West Ham later on. you have on Declan Rice still, Dave? I did, and I didn't play him, and he didn't play. 
ironically. Oh yeah, so. he was sick. That's right. So he and, Fre- he and Felipe Anderson, two of the people you course. probably would have wanted here, yeah, both miss out due to illness. And that's my, been the story of the season: the w- unpredictability due to illness and injury. The Thanks way my lot. luck has gone Thanks, recently, I'm lucky that I didn't play him and then get a zero. I guess it, the other sub probably would have come in, so it didn't matter. But yeah, I mean that that I've had some bad luck recently thanks son thanks Declan Rice and I'll others. tell you man no one's guessing this Ryan Fredericks a few weeks ago was like I think West Ham fans would have just tossed him straight back into the championship mm. with Fulham where they got him from I mean they he was so useless for them for weeks and weeks and such a defensive liability and then yeah great thanks Southampton for you do wonder down here you do wonder if this will uh propel him into being more relevant next season. I kind of hope so. I mean, hopefully he we can... We thought that cor- going into this year. I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, it if he corrects stuff. some of the defensive frailty that he brings to the club, I guess. But man, oh man, this was not, not a predictable amount of points for a guy. Sure. The fifth and final defender in our dream team was Matt Doherty of Wolves. Welcome back, Matt Doherty, to the conversation. What a guy, man. As long as as long as I've had I've had Andy Robertson all year, the only other guy that could rival him for time in my team is Doherty. So I found no reason to get rid of him until next week, and even then, I'm not even sure. I don't know what his contract status is with Wolves, but he those is don't ha- seem to matter much. He is having the type of year that Andy Robertson had with Hull. Before he finally got picked up by a big club. Yeah, the difference was in that season, Hull finished like 19th. Yes. Wolves are finishing 7th. Understood. But that doesn't matter. I mean, look, there's no secret. Everyone knows what what Doherty can do right now, right? So is this a one-hit wonder season? Or is this a, hey, this guy's a player. Uh, Some other teams might be looking at him. Let me give you my answer to that question. And I know what you're going to say. Stay with the small team because we need more players with the small teams. (laughs) Yes, that's true. I know. But that's actually not what I was going to <laughs> All say. All right, fine. Good what I was going Dave. to give you was Scott's stat of the day. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. Oh, good. I like this. Scott's stat of the day is the number 14. 14. The number of times Doherty scored double digits this season. Not so that'd be an incredibly great fantasy score overall but that's not a bad guess that's not a bad guess he's had two in the last three weeks 14 okay. is the number of times that uh alexander mitrovich tried to or thought about tackling matt doherty like a football <laughs> act like a wrong wrong, fo- wrong football yeah. wrong football yeah no 14 times is is how many times wolves uh put the same lineup out this season Ah, uh, they lestered their way. Yes, they did into seventh place. Uh-huh. And it's for that reason that if Watford lose the FA Cup final and Wolves make it into the Europa League, Wolves are in trouble next season. So if you're Matt Doherty, maybe you do leave because next year is not going to be nearly as good. And I guarantee you right now, just like we were very, very hesitant about Burnley at the start of this season because of their presence in the Europa League, after they basically did the same thing as Wolves last season to right. get to seventh, it's going to be the same thing that affects Wolves this upcoming season should they make it into the Europa League. Doherty will not be in my game one, my game week one lineup if Wolves make it to the Europa League. Don't you think that like managers and and other people in the front office 
would would see that though and and would build out a team to prepare for that i mean like notice what burnley did but you know what that requires right more money and a bigger more money. squad more money bigger squad and you know what that leads to right more personalities more squad rotation more problems more players isn't necessarily better see fulham see west ham no i get that and that's fair see everton but if if their whole goal is to compete on a European level, then you have to do that, and then you got to figure out how to a way to manage all that, right? I mean, and that's the key. And Nuno has not had to manage that. It's going to be new for him. If sure. if they do it, it will be new for him. Yeah. And you do have to wonder. Now he seems to be a guy who's aware of what it is that he's doing and and how he needs to go about doing it. And they've got that whole Portuguese connection thing. Maybe that'll help them. There All those go. Porto players ready to play there in uh, in the Europa League. But uh, I I would hesitate. I would I'm going to be in the category of see it before I believe it on Wolves next season. Should that seventh place finish lead to a Europa League spot? Let's move to the midfield. It was a five three two formation in the Dream Team. We've already mentioned Scott McTominay. He snuck his way into the midfield, joining him with. The highest score in the midfield this week was Andrews Townsend, 13 points. It's going to be tough to unseat that from one of the guys playing in the in the match tomorrow. Maybe, no. I mean, Star- Sterling and Sterling Silva, I guess those guys could get that. You never know. Tielemans could have a whale of a game. True. It's either going to be City blows out Leicester, or it's going to be a cagey end-of-the-season title race. I want to see a 3-3 three, three game. That s- could happen too. I want to see guess. a three-three draw. I want to see some drama. One-one is two-two-one, two-nil. I want to see the Braj get the foxes up and going and rearing to help out his his old Liverpool I know friends. For, for but me, why does Jamie Vardy want to help Liverpool? Jamie Vardy loves to wreak havoc on whoever he <laughs> plays against in the top I, six, and I appreciate that. <laughs> for for my personal strategy this week, one of the things I was really hoping is that. The stats held up in a okay. lot of my decisions because yeah. that really that was my final. It's typically that, that, good to go with stats, though. Well, it, this week was one where I was really hoping that the stats would hold up, and one of the big stats is that Manchester City have had two and a half. It's been two and a half goals total as an average in five of their last six matches. City's tightened up, and that's why I was kind of not on them as highly this week if that stat holds up and they go into a one you know it goes to one one or two one or something like that i i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised at all that's one of the stats of this this kind of this week going into the the last match i don't know man i think that this game is going to be i'm hoping for an action-packed game of course i love drama Mm -hmm. i think telemans madison sterling who knows? Could all have a chance at getting something here. Look, Vardy loves to score. I know he's not going to knock Townsend out of a midfield dream team spot, but Vardy loves a goal against a top six club. Sure you tell does. me, you tell me, Telemans or, or Madison might not catch Vardy on a through ball once. Of course. Uh, listen, Lester's not going to sit back. Rogers is going to have them tuned up, ready to play, thinking that this game truly matters for them in the table. But and or just having them play for pride and and I think it's going to be awesome. I hope it's a three three match and I hope Sterling has goals. I hope Aguero has goals. Tielemans and Vardy. Obviously, I have all those guys in my fantasy team. I'd yeah. love to see them do well. But you know, go after it. Uh yeah, that's true. 
Leicester could still finish if if everything if they win for whatever reason if they've managed to win the last two matches which would be a tall order they could still get seventh if everything goes goes sure. their way but sure why not yeah anyway the midfield is rounded out in the dream team this past game week so far through nine matches uh, with Eden Hazard pot favorite eleven points Scott that clap is. For those of you out there in fantasy land who captained Eden Hazard this week. Like you? Like me. The only thing that would have made it better than that is if I would have triple captained Eden Hazard. Like Brian? Like I did, Like yeah. Brian J. Shesko. Well done. Thank you. Well it done, was, Brian J. I said, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna sound too melodramatic about it. <laughs> Say that it's poetic. I don't want to sound too melodramatic. <laughs> yeah, you, you couldn't have. <laughs> that last season, that I that he was my triple captain last season. He got you right, and he yeah, and it was yeah. terrible. He was a, it was on a double week. They had two good matchups. It was the it was last season. It was the second match was they played Huddersfield at home, and it was the match that Huddersfield got a one one draw <laughs> at Stamford Bridge. Do you remember that? No. Huddersfield no. fans do. I, I wasn't scarred yeah, by that. It was terrible. You were. And so he finished with a total of three points for the double week and triple captain. Of course, you can do the math on that. So it felt really good to get 11 out of him. He should have had more. I thought it was 12. I guess it was just 11. It was supposed to be. felt like it was going to be 12 with bonus that's right, points. That's but he only he ended lost. up with two bonus points instead of three. But That's right. The if shady if your guy, Olivier Giroud, could kick straight, Unbelievable. Hazard would have finished with three assists here. <laughs> wow. Uh, actually just use his right foot. It seemed like he's only left-footed, and he never practices with his right yeah. as he got two balls served perfectly on a platter for him and, and just forgot how to use his right foot. Yeah. There's one thing that's shady about FPL this season. It would have to be the bonus point structure. No doubt. As Don't, dig, what, in, don't what, dig into it too deep. Well, fair enough. But it's those end-of-game it's, end adjustments. Yep. Because you but can you either? can you can follow the bonus points the whole way through a match and think like yes I'm this is great I'm going to end up with three I got two and then and then after the match is over you None. know five or ten minutes later you're like what I get zero they just need to stop telling us what it is during the match well it just yeah. becomes as arbitrary as like a boxing judge's scorecard that's exactly right that's exactly that's exactly what, what it's like fair yes yes that's exactly right. You watch this match and you're like, yeah, clearly he's deserved all the bonus points. And then you get the scorecard at the end and he's not on the scorecard at all. No, th there's nothing more crooked in this life than boxing judges' scorecards. And FPL bonus points. Unbelievable. We have two forwards in the Game Week 37 Dream Team. The highest scoring forward is Marco Arnautovic. 13 points in this match, 18 in his last two matches. Come on, you Marco. Bolo. I don't even know what to say after that. The other forward, it's his, it's his, it was his, it's his, it's his swan song. It's his actual goodbye. He said uh -huh. goodbye once in January, and then he had to say, now he has to say goodbye again by showing people that he really Why loves people in West. Why have I started doing Marco Polo sooner with him? That's like his performances. They pop up, disappear. They pop no, up, jeez, they disappear. He, if only he had not wanted to go to China in january we'd <laughs> we'd be talking about his hamstring injuries from march and <laughs> how true. He, and how he had a huge potential in their best matchups to to be really good and useful and if how, it's not uh, one not thing useful. it's another with marco uh the other forward is solomon rondon of newcastle who would have thought that the one player in the dream team cannot coming out of newcastle liverpool would be solomon rondon but he had 11 points in this match 
five, five, and eleven in his last three now, and they go to Fulham for game week thirty-eight. It's really awesome that he did so good because I I sold him a few weeks ago to bring in Fernando Llorente. <laughs> when he had that three, look, he look, he he's he's. He's on the he he fit the rule. Brian, that doesn't make any sense. But, I get I it. Two, the, two, no, two. I, I needed two, the money. Two, two is but what I needed the money yeah. and he Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Leicester, and then yep. yeah, two, home two, to two. Southampton. You'd expect five. more than an assist. At I Brighton, think. five. Right. Another assist. Liverpool, eleven. Ele- an eleven at Liverpool, there is no way in the world any Rondon owner was anything other than you've got to be effing kidding me at the end of this to I get just, that many points. But oh. listen, selling Rondon's one thing, but Yorente? Money. It was just money, man. Wow, there's got to be someone move. else. Got to be someone else. Oh. Uh, you know who it should have been? It should have been Josh King. But no. hindsight, And, and for you of all people, it should have been Josh King. Yeah, you are. Josh King is your boy. I love Josh King. He's sure. been really good. I've got four guys I'm going to give quick honorable mention to who did not make the dream team for the game week. The first one we've already discussed, Luca Dina. I mean, come on. So good. Matt Travers, welcome to the Premier League. Matt Travers, mm-hmm. goalkeeper for Bournemouth. Dude was under fire. He looked good in that first half. Dude, he's uh, he's he's on the up. Yep. Yeah, especially well, since Bournemouth don't have a goalkeeper they like. I was gonna say when And you, by Matt Travers, I mean Mark Travers, by the way. <laughs> when you're when you're new to the Premier League, you don't get your first name right until your second match. Listen, we don't get even if you're in the league, we don't get your, your name right unless you, it turns into a how to say. Bournemouth, Matt Fraser or Ryan Fraser? I still don't know. Bournemouth goalkeeper, as far as I'm concerned, that is just Arthur Boric's neck tattoo. <laughs> Why is it when I get a Bournemouth player's first name wrong, it's always Matt? I always call him Matt. I don't know, because of Matt Ritchie, I think. I guess, I guess. Uh, Who so now plays for Newcastle? Matt Travers yeah, is probably going to be the starting goalkeeper at Crystal Palace in Game Week 38. I would imagine so. Is he FPL eligible? Yes. At what yes. price? Uh, he is at 4.0. That's high. He had eight points in game week 37. I think that's the bare minimum. The only way you get under four. I think at the beginning of the season, Your everyone price has starts to do rot. at four. Then yeah. you have to just rot in hell to get <laughs> to get lower than that. See you on Bednarik. True. Uh, all right. The third guy I want to give mention to, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Nice goal, Ruben. Nine points in fantasy this past game week. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is one of the players that Chelsea fans were practically chanting on the internet for him to be in the team. Where in the world is Ruben Loftus-Cheek? Why are we playing Kovacic and... Jorginho. And Higuain. Jorginho's essential. Kovacic is the one that I think... I don't think he's that good. He's he has like not. he has like two hundred more passes than anyone in the Premier League this well, season. I know, but I mean, I'm yes. saying Eric, Eric because Dyer. he plays for sorry. Right. What I'm saying that is, means nothing. No, but I'm saying in their system, what's it's their not, possession been, Brian? No, I'm not looking at that statistic. <laughs> I'm just saying that he's one of the guys that's been kind of the non non negotiable. If if N'Golo Conte keeps floating in and out of here, you know, they they keep finding ways to not use him or use him in wrong ways. Jorginho is going to just keep sticking, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Ross Barkley, everybody else is just going to have to bide their time. I know that there's going to well, be a lot. Welcome that to Chelsea, Christian Pulisic. Well, true, but I know there's a lot that's going to change over the summer with Chelsea. I'm sure uh, things that we aren't even expecting at this point. But Ruben Loftus-Cheek has the potential to be in a lot of fantasy lineups in game week one. I do hope that he 
because they talked about his back injury this week and how they've avoided surgery to kind of maintain him. I just I don't know if he has the durability to make it a full season. However, would love to see him play more. That is for sure. No one has had more of a roller coaster ride in one match, uh, maybe all season long, than Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, He scores ten points in game week thirty seven. After getting lucky for not being sent off for a deliberate handball on the on the line, unbelievable! Did he get carded for that? No, no, there wasn't even a call. If he had got any card, it would have been a penalty. It's great. V- another result. VAR. Listen, if VAR would have been around think so. this season. I don't think so because in this, the, no, the play resulted God. in a Newcastle goal. I know. And that's so, that's the that's, that's the fair. belief as I, to why TAA avoided any kind of penalty in the first place. That's true. I don't I don't know. I mean, how do you call that? Did did I think I demanded on Slack that ref answer that? Did he end up answering that? They might see that. Great question. I need a I need a referee. I need our go to referee. Yeah. Uh, to actually answer questions on Slack when I ask him, Andrew the ref, <laughs> or we'll find another go to ref on demand ref. I yes. dare say though, if the ball goes out of play, that you know that that whole. So portion of play ends if it doesn't result in the Newcastle goal. But, but hold on, the referee calls it back and gives a red card to Trent Alexander. Here's, he has to. Here's my yeah. guess: is the second it hits the handball, when the play stops, VAR comes back and goes handball on Trent Alexander Arnold. Penalty kick. That's a red card. Yeah, he's gone. Plus a penalty kick. Plus a penalty. That's what would. And then happened. you take the goal off. Well, I don't know. Board. I don't know because it's not a play on. It's not a. It's is hypothetical. It, is that how it was ruled though? We don't have the so AR. It this wasn't season. ruled. It wasn't ruled a handball, and the deflection bounced right into Atsu, and it was scored. So there was there, a few Newcastle players might have had a chance to start to protest, but Atsu scored, and so all was forgotten. Yep. But what they should have focused on. Sure, I get it though. I mean, who takes a goal off the scoreboard? Right. 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 No one. So I just no. It's a certain goal as opposed to a penalty kick attempt, which may or may not lead to a goal. But having mm-hmm. right, having a goal and being up, up a man is a big deal. It's so. true. But Alexander Arnold stays on the pitch. He gets ten fantasy points. Eight, eleven, ten, and ten. Continues his, his scorching form. Absolutely, and has definitely in four weeks shown he's probably the better single own. If you had to pick between Robertson and and. Um, and TAA. Yeah. You would have rather had him now. Or being, both. Being, if you've had both, great job. Being back on the subject of Liverpool is perfect because, Dave, you're going to provide us with our manager quote of the week. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, after Divac Origi, or as you'd like to call him now, Sir Divac Origi, uh, scored the game-winning goal in this match. Jurgen Klopp was a little excited on live TV. Manager quote of the week was from Klopp. And what it was that he said? Well, he's being interviewed by Sky Sports, and he was asked briefly, right near the end of his interview, what he thought of the Origi goal, and he said, "Unbelievable," which is true. And then, and then he looked at the, and then he looked at the, at the, at the interviewer and said, "Are we, are we live?" And I think he said something about yes or something, or, or and they said, "Yeah, you'll have, you'll have to bleep that out." Hopefully, they still can. <laughs> oh, so good. But you know what? You could forgive Jurgen Klopp for for saying that, feeling that way, after I mean, being first place following the thirty seventh match of the season, in dramatic fashion. It's I'll forgive him. No, Let's just put it that it's way. It's so true, though. When when you look back, I mean, you look back at 
it um the play before that happens and and Virgil's lining up and and Trent Alexander Arnold is standing over top of the ball and Shakiri happens to run over there just to you know every team throws two guys out there and most of the guys probably know in the box who's about to kick it and Virgil changes it and he's like no no I want I want Shakiri Virgil it changes it it's fascinating that's why he's the best center back in the world. And he changes Can we talk it? about Virgil for a second? Because last week, I know you're going to finish describing the play, but we've all seen it, so let me just skip ahead to one other thing, okay? <laughs> last week, uh-huh. you talked about Andy Robertson. Yeah. You gave him a clap into the microphone for being the first defender to hit 200 fantasy points. Yes. I want to f- rewind back to preseason. You went off on this speech about how no one should own any center backs and everyone should only own halfbacks, wingbacks, whatever, because... They're the ones who give you the attacking returns. Well, sir, can I tell you that after this match, Virgil van Dyke became the second defender to have 200 fantasy points in a single season. Yeah, he now has 202. Yeah, now it's a perfect balance in the in terms of points between wingbacks and center backs. Hold on. I want to see if Dave's willing to clap into the microphone for Virgil van Dyke in his performance Listen, this season. Virgil van Dyke, congratulations. That's all I wanted to hear. That's all I wanted to hear. You are the captain. You are the on the field general. You are beast mode. You He's are the ace of the rotation. You are the best center back in the world. And according to the players, the best player and, this season. Uh look, Liverpool the top three defenders are Liverpool defenders. Okay. So like that it just tells you that honestly, would you have been better vested all season in owning Liverpool defenders instead of Liverpool offensive players is pretty interesting. Mm. So now here's the thing. We'll save that. They have 200 points. Mane has 216, Salah 256, right? But here's the difference. Their gap between the people under them becomes really significant. Sure. Because Hazard Hazard is, is close to Salah and Sterling Sterling is close to Hazard. You know, Frazier's close to Mane. Actually, that's not true. Frazier's not close to Mane. But those top four guys, those top four guys yeah. are real cl- I'm just saying it's just surprising. You only get three players per squad. Yep. And uh, you're not wrong in thinking maybe you just played the defense. You'd, you could have found some other players to fill in the rest of the squad. So. I'd still rather have wingbacks. <laughs> no, no. Uh, no, 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 oh, no, no, on the average, no, no, five, no, no, look, on the average, it's totally true. Virgil though. is the exception. Five, Virgil right. is oh, look, the exception. Look, right. You can look at it right now. But my point was, don't just throw out a whole position in the preseason. My point was, don't just throw out a whole position thinking that you know you, you need to throw out a whole, Scott, a whole category of guys. If, Virgil if van Dyke is the example. You would have been okay with Virgil van Dyke in your squad all season long. If, true. if seven but if you have of, a rule that says no center backs, you don't have Virgil. the top ten. Okay. Yes. Seven out of the top ten. I'm looking at. Yes. David yeah. Louise, Virgil, and Laporte are yeah are center backs. That's what I was gonna say. Five only and three of the top ten. Five of the top fifteen are center backs. So, I get it. I told. But my point is, don't just throw them all out. Well, I am gonna. Throw if you them. have a rule that says no center backs, you don't have Virgil. Uh, but that's okay. I have all the other guys who have done amazing. <laughs> well, so, not as amazing as Virgil. Two hundred and two. Oh, I've had Robertson, two, who has more oh, than him. Two. I have hey, Robertson, who has. More I got Bednarik. <laughs> Everybody's got Bednar. They should. All right, let's uh, let's go into uh, the highest of highs, 
from the highest of highs, let's go into the lowest of lows. There's two other top six clubs we need to spend a little bit more time on. Uh, the first one I'm going to briefly mention is Manchester United. Obviously, drawing uh, against Huddersfield is a low for them this season. BBC did a wonderful job in their match recap of this of this particular match, noting the fact that Ed Woodward was in attendance. You know, he obviously oversees the the business operations of Manchester United. He's an idiot. Well, many <laughs> think so, uh, but they wondered, they being BBC, if he was thinking about the fact that now that United are guaranteed to finish outside of the Champions League positions, it looks like they're going to probably finish sixth, which means they'll have to play in the second qualifying round of the Europa League. Those dates happen to fall right in the middle of their China preseason tour. In fact, <laughs> one of the Europa League dates is the same as a match that's scheduled in the preseason in Shanghai against Spurs. Which one do you think United wants to play in terms of dollars? It's Shanghai, but they've got a Europa League match now on that day. They might just say, who cares about Europa? <laughs> and just send the... Is it a two-legged match? Sure, yeah. Yeah, they might send the young boys. <laughs> they might. Not not capital Y, capital B. Correct. Well, they yeah. might send the under-18s. Okay, yeah, yeah. Listen, the, since uh, pundits, this it was uh, post-match, I think it was Gary Neville that was saying that Alexis Sanchez is the worst transfer in history. Could be. Um, but yeah, he's uh, up there. You remember when he came in and was playing the piano? You remember that? In the in the intro video? You remember that? <laughs> I do. It's Were his dogs in the video, too? Wow, probably. Yeah, sure. yeah. Solskjaer could have had the manager quote of the week, too, because post-match was a, at least in the Daily Mail. I'm sure it was other places, too. Uh, Solskjaer asked about Alexis Sanchez. He said along with other players that are likely to be offloaded oh, yeah. in this in the summer transfer window he said i can't talk about individuals now but there's a chance you've seen the last of players there's always a chance but i would not say that about any individual this is part of the reason why i don't even know not just do you trust anyone on the current roster for next season or or who do you trust for points next week I don't even know who on the current roster you should expect to see in the starting lineup against Cardiff next week. All the people that are selling Suns straight up to buy Paul Pogba. What? I don't know what that is about. Transfers in. One of the top transfers in for the entire week, so far at least, is Paul Pogba. He is the number one most transferred in currently. Listen. He's eight and a half pounds. The only reason he's number one is because Sun, if you bought him, if you've had him for a while, I know I've had him for a little bit. He's Sun is eight point seven. You can earn. You can for me. It's a two. I gain two tenths by going to Paul Pogba. Why in the world are you assuming Paul Pogba is going to be in there if you're transferring him in now? Like you said, Dave, I get it. If two weeks ago you were like, yes, the matchups are too juicy. I got to get. I got to get Manchester United in for right. you know, as bad as they've been. They're playing Huddersfield and Cardiff. I've got to have them. Why are you transferring him in now? I, I, not after today. No, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why you would trust Manchester United being up for that game more than Cardiff is yeah. with Neil Warnock having them playing for some kind My of My United midfield right? next weekend, and I know I don't know all of this, you know, the technicalities of how they play the midfield, but the four midfielders I'd play with Manchester United would be something like McTominay, Pereira, Gomez, and Chong. Like 
play the four youthful players who look like they've given a crap this season. You want to how to say? T- you want to you want to do how to say? Are we impromptu right now? Is this a surprise? <laughs> I can. I was just gonna say that Scott McTominay might be the one midfielder that I would trust. Yes, next that, week. Next week? Yeah, sure. I, yeah. I mean, for you could make a lot of money. You were gonna make two moves. You needed a bunch of money. Why not? Yeah, what is he in the fours? I don't have three city players. I have three Liverpool players. I'm gonna get another city player by next week. Maybe it's David Silva. McTominay's four point two. And like I'd take an I'd take a like minus four to to do that to yeah. probably bring in a city player. So yeah, going to McTominay. What did you did you say his price? Four point two. Four point two. Man. Yeah, you can absolutely make some money to bring in someone more expensive. And now, yeah, I mean, uh, Alexis Sanchez gets a miracle start here and has to leave at 54 minutes. Substituted <laughs> for... No, I'm serious. Do you want to? Please. There's The only reason why I want to do this is because when I was looking at it, I just thought the music for it needs to be The Heat Is On by Glenn Fry. If United fans don't make a song for Chong based on that, I hope they get paid a visit by the provisional liquidator. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, wow. They're about as far from that Heavy as possible. This is, as, okay. fast, this is as fast as we've ever done a, a how to say. Dutch footballer, 19. What a player. Wow. For 19. Might be the only player along with McTominay that... Yeah. Lursel robbed him of the goal. Born in Curaçao. Yeah. Caribbean island, part of the Netherlands. I have a friend from Curacao. If anyone would like to, uh, if anyone would like to explain the political goings on, you do too. You know, you know Calvin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Calvin's from Curacao. I did not know. Yes, that. Yes, sir. If anyone wants to explain the politics of the Netherlands Antilles to me sometime, I'll happily hear that from somebody who knows. What I can bring about. Calvin on next week. I would love to hear about it. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, but I was also going to add to that, Dave, the filthy Dutch, right? <laughs> yes, always. The filthy Dutch in their colonies, according to me. <laughs> anyway, he's actually a Chinese. He's of Chinese descent, but the Dutch Caribbean ties yeah. explain why he ended up in Feyenoord in the Netherlands. Is there a part of the world he's not from? I don't know. That's Wait, all over the place, hey, man. Slow down, Scott. This is great. He's a team. His first name is Tahit. Tahit. That's not Chong. what I was saying. Chong. That is what his Tahit name is. Chong. Yes. Um, it's not Tahith. Tahit is on. <laughs> oh, Tahit <no>. is on. <laughs> if it's not being sung already, it should be. Oh. I have not. Let's get listen, this started. I am I not want the Stratford end to be singing. The heat is on. I don't know what the favorability rating is for Glenn Fry in uh, anywhere in England. However, in the greater should, Manchester area, it should be high, and this needs to be there. I, I did not. I did on it. I did not Google it to find out if it actually is something that's happening. However, Listen, I believe that it should be. All this takes is a couple good tweets with hashtags, I and see. boom. This First of all, eat. the heat and to heat works is on. On and Chong works. You've got, you've got. It's, the heat it's is like Chong. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Tahit is on. I mean, he's, he gets subbed in if he's on the pitch. Guys, it, it, guys, it he's been works. on. He's been on twice. We're all this for a guy with two fantasy points. Uh, he's I don't a, care. He's an I just wanted it to. I just wanted I this it. to be part of the show. Well, out of right. out of absolutely nowhere, it was something I just <laughs> thought of as I was. I was about to walk out the door, and I was like, "Oh man, that's actually 
That, I wonder if that's already happening. I'm not going to research it to find out. Let's just throw in the Let's do it. Dave's the having so much fun right now, so it's the perfect time to pivot to Arsenal. I hate you. Arsenal 1, Brighton 1. Uh, we've got a couple things to do here. Uh, first of all, this result obviously made it very difficult for Arsenal to reach top four status in the Premier League Impossible. Table. I'm just going to say it's It's impossible. not impossible. It's mathematically very possible. They'd have to win 5 nothing, and Burns would have to lose like 3 nothing. Arsenal would have to win 5 nothing. I guess those score lines could happen, but there's an eight-goal differential between. I mean, it's not happening. Well, it's still possible. It's re- They don't deserve it. Can, can we just go into your Arsenal moment that you've prepared for this, please? Well, I wrote a sad letter last week, so I, I wanted to write another one. I Honestly, I didn't think I'd be able to get through any type of this segment. Where are you going, Scott? Because I just need you to be here to just comfort me. And yeah, don't leave me. me alone for this. Yeah, you know how Brian is. Brian, yeah. Arsenal's problem all year is literally has been through the middle, through the spine of their team. Mm-hmm. And, and I know this is probably obvious to most, but it just became more apparent today as I'm watching. I think their manager's good. I think Emery's good. Scott has already given him his nod, and I think he's going to be fine. And, and granted, he's only had he hasn't had many transfer windows to kind of bring players in, and I'm not sure the Arsenal managers have given him much money. But the Arsenal center backs and their Arsenal mids are just not good enough. Now... I'm okay with Guendouzi and Torreira. They're both young, and I'm okay with them them coming up through. Mm-hmm. But th- you got to be deeper in that position. Xhaka's not good enough. Elneny's not good enough. And multiple others playing in that mid is not good enough. Mesut Ozil at times can be a great player, but he what has he done for this team but nothing all season? Yeah, he's had a couple of goals, but he's supposed to be a playmaker and making assists. What has he done? When was the last time he had an assist? It's, it's it has em- been a while. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it's not great for him. But Arsenal's attacking options, Lacazette, Mkhitaryan, yep. has done pretty good. Aubameyang, you know, of course, has done well. Scott, welcome back from the toilet. The Arsenal moment has not started officially yet. No, it's started. Oh, it's it's, I it's we started. Awesome. I didn't take long. Enough. No, just just the attacking options with the, the wings outside of Arsenal, the is is pretty good, but the center is so weak, and they will never. I thought it'd get better this year, but their defense got way poor after. And who'd have thought we'd say this, Scott? Rob Holding went out. We aren't saying anything. Fine, whatever. Mr. I have Virgil on my team. It's not um, a great way to end I'm the so season happy. after a point of the season earlier where you felt like, hey, this is actually coming together. Yes. This really feels like it's kind of working. And now between uh, a defensive back four or whatever your line is at the back that you just say he needs i f- could replace every single one of these guys yeah every single player could go I, we could I, start I, un- entirely over again i wouldn't want maitland niles to go anywhere and i wouldn't want hector bellerin to go anywhere yeah or Col or kolashinitz yeah everyone else is can go I mean, everyone else you, you like the depth or you know if a licksteiner is is cheap and you can keep him just for influence and for, you know, locker room dad kind of stuff. But what else? I mean, the, what, the else, guy, what, else, what else do you go. like I about just, it? It just, after three losses in this this draw today, Duncan Duffy just, 
acting literally like the capes on. Brighton had it felt like three goalkeepers in the goal today, and they they kept saving goals. Matt Ryan made eight saves himself. Brian, I think you mentioned earlier whether we mentioned it on the pod or not. I can't remember. I can't remember. They had 36 clearances. I don't know what the record of clearances was this year. Maybe it's close to that. It's just it was crazy. What was what was hard for you probably is hearing Ian Dark say during the match, Brighton is getting in behind Arsenal easier than Arsenal is getting in behind Brighton. And you'd think that should not happen because Brighton's personnel doesn't seem like they should be able to do that. As bad as Arsenal's defensive setup is well so yes i was i heard that absolutely and was thinking kind of that but that's that's around that time is when i realized duncan duffy on a brighton team that should be relegated are way better center back options not just fantasy real life than anything arsenal can put out there if which, you swap, which is if you, sad if you, if you swap center backs arsenal might be Arsenal might be in the top four. They probably They'd are. probably be third. They probably are. Um, and that's what's so sad. But going forward, it gives me a little bit of hope for next season that, hey, go buy some other Rob Holdings. They don't have to be big names, just actually somewhat decent center backs. And maybe maybe you can do something a little bit more. Um, Dave, do you care about them playing at Burnley next week? I... Do I care? I mean, they, they have to win. I mean, they need to win and win big. I mean, technically, I mean, they, they still got to... We'll see what happens with their Europa match on, on Thursday this week. They do look likely to make the Europa final. They look likely, but nothing's guaranteed. We know this. And look, if they end up playing Chelsea in the Euro- Europa final, Chelsea would love to stick it to Arsenal and beat them to fourth and then beat them in the Europa final. Yeah. So, uh, on for fantasy purposes, you'd think... This last two matches, were they were two of the best of anyone, I think, on paper. Brighton, who is safe coming into here, I would have thought they would lay down, and they did not. If we, would try, if we want to end up transitioning this into how a lot of teams are not at the beach, teams keep showing up, holy cow, Brighton played like they were... Brighton looked like... Brighton should have won towards the end. Arsenal should have won... They should have had six goals in the first half. By the end of the match, it should have been two one Brighton. Yep. If uh, who was it? Lacadia, who who was uh, 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 Florin Andoni? This Kyall, I think, or was it Kyall after he came on when when he had a weird cutback and he couldn't get it out from underneath his feet? It was a two on one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's basically if if he can if if a guy can pass it over to Pascal Gross, it's basically over. Aubameyang and Lacazette are the most expensive gambles in the in FPL. Yes, for the last week. There's no doubt. I, I wouldn't own any other uh, players. Let's let's use that as a transition into an award that Dave you picked this week, the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week award. Go ahead and tell us who won it this week. The winner of the Christian Benteke Most Wasteful Player of the Week award goes to Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Why is that? He, he continued to miss big chances. Scott, mm. he was in front of goal more than he tried a he had enough time on this one cross from Mr. Kolasinets that he could have chested it, it dropped, and he could have just tapped it in. He tried to scissor kick it. He tried to scissor kick it when there was no need to rush it. There was another time where he was right in front of goal. I, Lacazette could have possibly won it too. I'm telling you, Arsenal, it's so weird 
But they should have won this. Should have, would have, could have. They didn't. But man, were their goals, and they couldn't. They couldn't get it in. But he was wasteful. He was absolutely wasteful. Well, added to the nominees, Dave, because uh, even though he's now tied with a player who actually matters, uh, Aubameyang continues to lead the Premier League in big chances missed. Doesn't surprise me. And he should have scored at least one today. Absolutely. He should have scored more two. than he yeah, did. He should have scored another. Then goal. the penalty. Yep. Bobby Yang won that award this past game week, but he's also the subject of one of the six bets that, Dave, you and I have made throughout the course of this season. We're going to give a quick recap on these bets and use that as our transition into looking at game week 38. We'll start with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Dave, you thought he'd get to 30 league goals. I think I said 30 goals overall. You said 30 goals in the league at the end of the bet. That's a lot. He has 20, so you'd better hope, both for this bet and for your club overall, that he scores 10 goals. It's so painful because the big, the fact that he's now leading with over 20 big chances missed. What if, right? It's a Yeah, that's yeah. what pains me. Like I feel like uh, I wasn't right. I just wasn't wrong yet. Does mm, that fit there? No, it really doesn't because <laughs> yeah, I don't those think... were big chances missed. <laughs> That's all right. That's one. But that's... you weren't making the bet that he would miss those chances. You were making the bet that he wouldn't score I... the goals and or have those chances. I could just see into the future and see all yeah, these whatever. misses. Fine, just know fine, that fine, fine, whatever. So I feel good about that one. Uh, one that you've already won is Diogo Jota's yes. goal tally. That's yes. nine. I didn't think he'd get to eight. You did, and sure enough, he got to nine. So that's one that you've already won. Back to one for me. Burnley's place in the table. Brian thought they'd get to 10th. You thought they'd get to 11th, Dave. I said, nah, 15th. Guess where they sit currently. Are they 15th? They are 15th yeah. in the table. dirty dog. I knew it. I'll I give knew you it. That. That's fair. I'll give you that one. In a bit of drunken rage, I said, Salah and Firmino's <laughs> points per pound would be more than Tielemans and Vardy over the last six game weeks. Yeah. Uh, I think you've got that beat by double. That's not going to happen. I no. felt bad taking that because I didn't feel like you were in your right mind. I wasn't. Especially now okay. that we now that Firmino's almost definitely not going to yeah, play. Yeah, that, that, that stinks. Yeah, that, that's that, ended the bet for yeah. sure. That's all right. Uh, N'Golo Conte, you liked the over on his goal-scoring tally for the season at five and a half. Oh, I thought it was like four and a half. It was five and a half, sir. Is he on five? He's sitting on four. He will need a brace in the final week of the season. And he went out injured today. Yeah, he pulled a hammy. I doubt that he's going to be there. Yeah, he won't be back. Yep, so that one feels good to me. Shoot! And then when Salah was at 151 and Erickson was at 81, I said that Salah would score 10 more points for the rest of the season than Erickson would. Salah, since that bet was made, has scored 104 points. Christian Erickson, 73. Every time I bet on a Spurs player or captain one, I get... (laughs) This is your fault. Yeah. So it's so the overall ta- so so there's a little bit of something that we'll be watching in game week 38. We hope that if you're listening to this, you'll watch with us. I feel like all those are washed up though. Four I mean, four bets to two. That's the that's the score as it yeah. looks as it looks in my favor right there. Hey Dave, going back to Obama Yang. First of all, you can't be mad because his goal conversion percentage is 30. He's on a 30 percent conversion. But shouldn't rate. that be higher? Well, you're just mad because he's scored 20 goals and he's had 21 big chances. Yeah. He's missed 21 big chances. Should probably be higher, but 30% is ridiculous. Hey, how can we find out the big chances percentage 
of players. Like percentage made made missed. I don't know. Anyway, I'm that'd, sure be, that'd be could, nice sure to know that. It. You know what I'm saying? Like, is is that? Let's get Stat Boy on that. Hey, look if you were if you're if you're gambling, I know I said that they're expensive gambles. If you're gambling, you're gambling on Aubameyang next week because Arsenal has outscored Burnley eight to one in their last two matches, and they and, need to make up eight in the gold. And Aubameyang, technically, it could happen. Aubameyang has a brace in each of the last two. Wow. Uh, Dave, does Alexis Sanchez still play for Arsenal? If so, he has a really good <laughs> historical uh, performance against Burnley. Yeah, nice. He's not playing for anybody else right now. No. Uh, Brian, you mentioned that Brighton did not go to the beach they for this not. match against Arsenal. We have seen a lack of trips to the beach in this season overall as we've made our way over the last month and a half. We, we predicted more of this than we've actually gotten. Why I think would every, that be? Everybody talks about it. At some point, you just say, oh, they're safe. They've got whatever. This, you know, they're, they're relegated. So, But Fulham then won two in a row. That's exactly it. Well... Fulham go three three clean sheets in a row, and they can barely they can barely stop letting in goals against you know high school teams basically, and then and then now all of a sudden they you know Huddersfield with the draw today against United, right? That's what I mean. A lot of these teams are showing up. Well, Bur- Burnley is one of the beachiest teams here at the end of the season, and that's only in the last few matches. It finally hit me today as I was making a long drive back from the mountains. I think I know why. This okay. is my theory. My theory is is there aren't many managers that are leaving their positions as managers for the clubs they're managing right now. Yes, like we had a few like changes midway through the season. Pellegrini with West Ham's probably not going anywhere. No, nope, he's not. Marco Silva's not going anywhere. Probably not. Javi Gracia is not going anywhere. You would not think so. Eddie Howe's not going anywhere. Probably not. Um, Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson's not going anywhere. Rafa Benitez. Right. Sean well, Dyche. Now that's the one. I mean, Benitez maybe. Who Benitez kind of hinted at the fact that he's staying. I my after guess this is this week. Rafa's too good of a manager to stay at Newcastle. To stay at Newcastle if they are not willing to spend money. If, what, if, what is he going to do? Put in his contract. You have to spend X dollars. That's on Ashley. That's on. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's on Mike Ashley. I, I that it's unsettled. But we but, talked right, about but, this. But we talked he, about this a month ago. But we talked about how Eddie Howe is ready to move up. To a bigger club, where's but where's he going to go to? Well, I agree. Where's Ralph? You got to leave England if you're Ralph Benitez. Well, and yeah, and he probably didn't want to do that. So uh, look, I'll just say this. Let's get back to the point. Unless my, the Arsenal jobs open. My my point <laughs> is, or the Chelsea he's just job. talking about how much he loves Emery. Finally, <laughs> finally. My point is, I just think these guys are playing. Lester's another Rogers. Brendan Rogers is not going anywhere. That's right. Like these guys are playing for managers who know they're not going anywhere. Therefore, they're saying, "Boys, come on, you want to play for me next year? Show me, show me that today." You know, like sure. We're 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 not giving up. I'm not giving up. And if the manager's not giving up, then the players aren't going to give up. I think that's one reason, the main reason, why we haven't seen any beach trips this year yet. That's true. At least not in not in not like we have in the past. I will say though, Sean Dyche has been the most open after this f- past match. He was the most open about the fact that his players have nothing left to play for. So you do have to wonder. This is all set up very nicely for Arsenal. Listen, it it, it would it would be the the most Arsenal thing they could do, coupled with the most Spursy thing that could happen with 
<laughs> with them somehow on the last day, hey. overcoming an eight goal differential and somehow getting fourth. That would Spurs be Spurs hosting Everton. I don't expect that to happen. Hey, we can talk about that in a second but, in terms of real goals. But Dave, it's safe Burnley against bad form Arsenal. What is to like here? And that's that's the thing for me. This is that's why I'm nil, saying nil nil nil. Is that what you're at? No, Arsenal can't keep a clean no. sheet. Arsenal. They can't keep a clean sheet, and I would say there's 0% chance of Arsenal not scoring goals against Burnley. So, I don't know, man. 2-2, 3-3? You want 2-2 or 3-3? Final week of the season? No, Brian, I need need 5-1, and I need need Everton to win 3-0. I'm going to give you guys three things that I'm going to be watching in game week 38. Now, a little teaser for our website, fantasysoccerfc.com. Uh, leading into game week 38, I like to publish on our blog a viewer's guide to game week 38 each season because all 10 matches, as you all know who are listening to this, are played at the same time. And so you, you got to have a guide. you got to have a, a plan for watching all 10 matches. Like this. And so I like to publish that on our blog. I will do that this week on our website, fantasysoccerfc.com slash content. However, for purposes of this podcast, let me just tell you the three things that I'm watching for. One of them is going to surprise you. One is definitely going to surprise you. The one that won't is the title race, of course. Now, we don't know what Manchester City is going to do as we record this, hosting Leicester on Monday night of Game Week 37. You have to assume they're going to win, but you don't know. No matter what the result is, there will be a title race heading into Game Week 38. Right, right. That, that is absolutely That is guaranteed true. by Liverpool's win uh, this weekend against Newcastle. So... You gotta watch the City match. You gotta watch the Liverpool match to see what's gonna happen with the title. Got and to. Liverpool could be playing that match. I doubt it, but possibly, definitely without Firmino, and very possibly without Salah. It's definitely possible. those are po- good possibilities. The second thing I'm gonna watch is whether or not Arsenal can do anything to make up eight goals as a differential on Spurs. Now no, it never happened. The next <laughs> tiebreaker after goal differentials, goals scored, which Arsenal already has the lead on. So it's all there. The matchup, Burnley for Spurs, Everton. It's all set up. If history is going to happen, it's going to happen next Sunday. So I'm going to watch for that just to see. Now, it might only take about 45 minutes for us to figure out whether or not that's (laughs) anything to watch, right? right? right. By halftime, we'll know. But I'm going to keep an eye on that. All right. The third and final thing I'm going to look at is Watford hosting West Ham. Let me tell you why. Okay, yeah, you're going to have to sell me on this. Watford knows they're going to be playing in the FA Cup final the following weekend. Manuel Pellegrini, after this West Ham victory over Southampton this past weekend, said, we would love to finish in the top half of the table. Watford's 10th, West Ham is 11th. Winner finishes 10th. Now, I know 10th is nothing to play for besides a little bit more money for the club. I get that. I totally understand. But for whatever reason that has stood out to me, the lack of of ambition maybe for Watford looking ahead to the FA Cup final. Pellegrini saying, I want to finish in the top half of the table. West Ham looking good here against Southampton. Maybe it's too obvious, but Watford-West Ham feels like one where, hey, go ahead and throw Marco out there. Why not? He's in good form. Hey, Marco for Rashford, Brian. I'm, I think Scott just sold me. That, that's, that's my tran- That might be my free transfer this my week. My only asterisk on this whole thing is it seems too obvious. Yeah. Well, I was actually going to say for Watford and West Ham, I based on their performance against Chelsea, I really like Watford at home. <laughs> 
to finish up the season against <laughs> West Ham, who've played some sorry clubs here in the last. You but know, considering the FA Cup final, what say you? Does that factor in? I feel like it's far enough away afterwards. Is it that it's not? Okay. Look, Javi Gracias said we're playing seven finals. He said that eight weeks ago. So <laughs> for him, this was like. I think Troy Deeney's red card is one of the dumbest things that he's mm. he could have done here at the end of the season. They had a legitimate shot. They had a shot to actually Finish take seventh, seventh yeah. and 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 seal it. Yep. I mean, it could have been an, a a done deal. And then you know, part of that would have been having to beat you know have a better performance against Chelsea or a better result anyway. Now, Brian, you had some notes about Liverpool hosting Wolves that you wanted to make. This is one of the 10 matches that will be going on in the final game week. Yeah, just that I think that uh, Liverpool and Wolves is one of the matches that everyone is... I I just feel like there are so many players that that affect FPL going into the last week. Absolutely. If you own Jimenez and... Robertson or Trent Alexander-Arnold which or you, Allison, which you probably do. They could cancel each other out. Yes, a hundred percent cancel each other out. So look, what do you do? Look at the. That's, that, what do you that, expect the Wolves to be scoring in Liverpool? Come on, it's not Wolf, happening. Wolves guaranteed seventh in the table. Don't yes. play. They're not playing. Don't for anything. play Jimenez and don't play Jota. I don't expect them. If a goal or happens, Doherty. if a goal happens, it might be one. I'm not saying the Wolves are going to lay down. I'm just saying, don't expect a goal fest against the best defense in the league. It is guaranteed that no matter what happens in the City-Leicester match, goal differential is probably not going to be a factor in who wins the title. It's going to be points in all likelihood. Yeah. So Liverpool's not going to be going for goals. They're going to be going for points, three points specifically. I I mean, Dave, look, the whole thing with with Raul Jimenez this season has been he scores against the top six. He scored against. I know. He scored against Liverpool in the FA Cup when they knocked Liverpool out of the FA Cup in January or Revenge whatever. Revenge match. Yeah, I wonder about that. I don't. It has nothing to do. I with know. This match. I, what I'm saying is like Jimenez is like the second most owned forward. You got Salamane, uh, Salamane, the top two most owned. I was wondering who Salamane. <laughs> Salamane. You know, my kids were in a lake this past week. And, and they saw Salamane. Salamanders. And yeah. I thought about that as you were talking about Salamane. Salam and Salamanrondon. Salam, Salamane. Well well no, Salamane are the are one oh, and two in terms of ownership. You can tell it's the end of the season. I know. We're, are we at the beach? Yes. No, we're not at the beach. Brian's not. He's trying to win a league title. I know. It. Look, Salah and Mane are most owned midfielders. Over a hundred thousand people brought in Jota this this past week to All play. Right, so to play, and and then you have but what Robertson, but Trent Alexander, or Doherty. But what are you doing? I don't know. Dave. You don't know yet. I feel like it's a really tricky spot, especially because is Mo Salah okay? I assume. Yeah. They're going to throw him back out there since they talk really quickly about. Oh, oh he, no, he's fine. He was watching the game in the back, in the locker room. When we came back, he was he, sitting up. He was normal. He's fine. Everything's fine. He saw two TVs. But we're st- it's still <laughs> a we'll lucky. see. Uh, one of the other quotes of the week for managers could have been Klopp when he said, "We're qualified for the final. Our final will be on Sunday against Wolves." He said, "Of course, we have to play Barcelona before that, but honestly, that's not in my mind right now." Uh, that's your next one, man. Yeah, but you're down three now. Right. On so, there, I would just assume no Salah against Barcelona. Uh, another three nil loss against Barcelona, and 
everyone gets a everyone gets a nice rest going into the real final on Sunday. So yeah, you assume, if you if you have Salah, you're keeping him. If you have Mane, Mane, Mane is another one of the home away guys. Like he's you know 15 of his 20 goals scored at Anfield. Trent Alexander Arnold is lucky, so we, you know you're not benching him. Right. I mean, you're probably still playing your Liverpool assets here. Right. Absolutely. But against a club that's that has made their mark this season by beating the top six clubs yeah. or by holding against the top six. Brian, clubs. you have to believe in the team of destiny. I hey, look, I'm just saying. What are you doing with your? Wolves? I can't wait for I I I if there's a slip up or falter. Uh, with City tomorrow night. Let, let's just review this. If they lose, Liverpool's ahead of them by two, right, in the yeah, table? That's right. So if they draw, Liverpool will still be ahead of them by one. Yep. So then it literally would come down. Well, it already will come down to to, to the last match. But what, you think City are going to drop points against Brighton or are they going to drop points against Leicester? Which one's the most likely to happen? You would think Leicester, but it's a home match on a Monday night. More than a week of rest, they're they're geared up for this. Yeah, they have nothing else to think about but winning the title and then beating Watford in the FA Cup final. Yeah, which I think they could easily do. I'm I'm not recommending. I, I like I just don't know. I I feel like you got to see, you know, Wolves played at home. They are thrilled to be seventh place. They cannot lose seventh place. Jimenez was disappointing. He's been disappointing the last couple of weeks. I mean, he barely he was barely available. I mean, you barely saw him during Fulham, and you expect more during Fulham. Jota's really super unlucky to not get some kind of return against Fulham. But he was really impressive. So look, like Doherty's one of the only non-disappointing defenders that most people have. He and Alexander Arnold this, you know, this week. You know, you get you know, you get really good performances from from yeah, these no, guys. I agree. Yeah. And and if this match ended two one Liverpool, that sounds about right. Well, that influences what I'm going to ask you guys next, which is who do you captain for this final game week? I have my answers, but I'd like to hear what you guys think, Dave. Who are you going to captain from the final ten matches of the season, game week thirty eight? Based on the last few years. Oh, so you're going to answer this for Dave? It should probably be someone who's playing at home. Agree. Interesting. Agree. I, I I always like a home captain. Interesting. Last season. But so you want numbers? Mean, that means no city players. That's what makes it tough, right? That makes. It Does that really mean tough. no? That means Liverpool. Liverpool's at home. Yep. Against Wolves. Spurs are at home. Spurs. Every time I go, <laughs> every time I go with a spur, I get banged. Last season, home teams outscored the visiting teams twenty to eleven. Two years ago. Skewed a little bit because Spurs beat Hull seven to one on the last day. You remember that? Oh I yeah. Do. City beat Watford at Watford five nothing. Other than that, home sides outscored the away sides two years ago seventeen to seven. Huh. Three years ago, home squads outscored away squads twenty six to nine. All right. So what I'm saying is so let. Wow. It's not impossible for the away team you know what? to do well. However, why not one of my Leicester players? Telemans and Vardy Chelsea? are hosting Chelsea, who have already clinched Secured fourth, mm-hmm. and they, they're probably going to be resting their players for the Europa final. 
Uh, look, you can. It's cons- interesting, right? To- I mean, you'll we'll learn a lot tomorrow as we sit here. But look, Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. They're they have the Europa League final to think about for Thursday. Is it going to be Hazard's last Premier League match against Leicester? Will that matter? And how will it impact the performance? But either way, Leicester on the road, it won't matter. Since 2017, Leicester have scored three goals in all competitions against Chelsea. Since 2017, they have scored three times. That's not many. It is not many, but they have one goal scorer. I'll bet you can guess who that is. <laughs> it's Fardy. Ruben yeah. Loftus-Cheek. <laughs> hey, so B- Brighton, Burnley, Palace, Fulham, Leicester, Liverpool, United, Southampton, Spurs, Watford, those are the home teams. Yeah, but it's fascinating because... Maybe sp- United does have a cap. Maybe Jesse Lingard should be captain next week. Not Manchester United. I know. No way. It does well, It does take Arsenal out of the picture if you're going to go with those stats. It takes City out of the picture if you're going to go with like those stats. Eric's, I don't know. It takes Marco, which is someone I was looking at, yeah. that Watford-West Ham match. It takes Marco out of the picture Picture if you're looking at that stat. Maybe it is a Watford. Maybe it's a, a Dini or De La Feu. I was going to say... I don't own any of those guys. If you're asking me, look, for who I have on my current roster, who I would captain next week... Sadio Mane. It would be Sterling. On the road. Yeah. I'm going Sadio Mane or Liverpool defender. So one of the last things, because we didn't address it specifically, is because half the world owns Heung-Men's son, lots of people have transferred him. Like 130,000 people have transferred him out already. Sure. But if you own Son, you got to do something with him. The obvious targets, lower value than Son, I think are, is is obvious. If you don't own Sterling, if you don't own Hazard, if you don't own somebody above, if you don't own Mane for whatever reason, and you have the money to go from Son to one of those guys, I think, of course, you're doing that. But the obvious targets, look who's been the most transferred in. Pogba, number one of midfielders most transferred in. How can anyone have confidence in that move going into this week? Bernardo Silva. Not crazy if you're transferring out Son to go to Bernardo Silva. Ryan Frazier, who I sold because I'm an idiot. I love Ryan Frazier. He's, I mean, Bournemouth against Palace, last game of the season, who knows what you're going to get. Crystal Palace hasn't been great at home. And Bournemouth has been better on the road here recently. That is weird. That's interesting. Nathan Redmond, Southampton play. Home to Huddersfield. Home to Huddersfield. Nathan. Nathan, Nathan Redmond, Redmond is a is to me a a, a great a decent option. Yeah. Saints smashed Huddersfield three one away. Guess who one of your goal scorers was in that? Mr. Redmond. Nathan Redmond. Lucas Mora. He's one of the top transfers in. Again, same as Pogba. I don't know how you could have a ton of confidence in that move, no especially the way Everton's playing. Yep. Guess who's in there, but not a ton of transfers in. Gilfy Sigurdsson. Less than ten thousand transfers in. Luka Milivojevic, Gerard De Lefeu. Not only are these guys not owned a ton, but I feel like the matchups are are decent yeah. considering uh, the last week of the season and uh, well, the fun of, just in general, the fun of week 38. I am an, I'm also a De Lefeu owner. Probably he'll end up being my vice captain. Because <laughs> vice captain's always the guy you'd captain if you had the guts to captain the right sure. guy. Sure. That could be Jerry D. Yeah. I, I, I would love to think I can take a big risk on one of these guys, but I have a feeling it's going to end up just being Raheem Starling. Liverpool or City? Go with the title race, right? Um, yes, I agree if you no, can. Like for City, 
they're playing at Brighton. Three dumb things. Can I give you three dumb things? I love dumb things. Brighton sucks, and I hate them. And if their performance at Emirates today was any indication, they're not going to pack it in. Like, they're going to play. That's stupid. That's so stupid. dumb. Since they've been back in the Premier League, City have not scored more than three goals against Brighton in any match. So that's in the last, you know, two, three years, whatever it is. Wow. Aguero is the only City attacking player to have scored more than one goal against them wow. in that time, and he's only scored twice. Like tomorrow against Leicester is a big thing, but again, like they're we'll see what they do and how many goals they score. But yeah, five of the last six matches, no more than two goals in any of the last three matches City has played, and a two and a half goal average in the last in five of the last six. Mm. They're just not. It's not rampant, but. Sterling and Aguero scored the goals against Brighton earlier in the season. Sterling assisted the Aguero goal. So Sterling's your big performer against Brighton in the in the first match between the two. Yep. Give, give me some Raheem Sterling. Dave, I think we've made it. We did it. With one game week left in the season, we've given FPL players who are trying to win mini leagues and others who are just trying to save their dignity as much as possible with a good final game week. We've given them everything we can. I hope so. You can find us anywhere that you can find Fantasy Soccer FC. That would be Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You know what I just realized? What? And our website, FantasySoccerFC.com. Go ahead, Brian. Kenny Loggins does not sing The Heat Is On. (laughs) (laughs) Who sings it? Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry? From formerly of the Eagles. What a horrible error. I'm glad you corrected it. Do we need to redo the whole thing? No. No, it's going to stick. It's in there. Now it's people aren't going to they're going to hear that and they're going to be like, "What the hell? It's oh, not oh, even oh, right." You oh. better hope people finish our pods. Not, we can't. <laughs> I'll I'll add something in. We're we're not we're not redoing that segment. It's too good. Can we can we leave this part in? I will say Glenn Fry. And you put that in sure. over top of Kenny Loggins. But didn't we say Kenny Loggins multiple times? I said it multiple times, which will mean you'll... This, this will be is funny, some, so say Glenn this Fry. This is one of the best editing jobs you'll ever have done. Give me a good Glenn Fry, and every time someone says Kenny Loggins, I'm going to edit in Glenn Fry. Ready? Yeah. Glenn Fry. Yeah, there we go. Okay, good. It's not going to work. That's perfect. That's no, great. I don't know what oh, the favorability rating is for Glenn Fry in England. <laughs> Please make it very obvious so that by the time everyone gets to the end of the podcast, they yeah. hear this, they're like, oh, man, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, oh, sure. Man, that's outstanding. Uh, oh, that done. is so dumb. <laughs> Patreon.com slash FSFC. Don't forget to check out our website. Our blog is going to have a guide to how to watch Game Week 38. And there might be some live tweeting during Game Week 38. It's a tradition of this podcast. I have not had to do that yet while Liverpool has been going after a title during Game Week 38. So I might not be able to give it the attention it deserves. But there's usually some live tweeting that goes on during the final. It'll be great. It'll be great. Hey, listen, for the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.